We are Wrestling Elitist. I'm your co-host, Chris Scott Moore, joined as always with Alex Gomez-Gibson. How's it going, buddy? Well, hello there. All right. Doing well. How about yourself? Doing great. Doing great. So we're doing a preview show of Full Gear. Uh, it's going to be a good in-ring show. The build-up hasn't been so fantastic. We'll talk about that Yeesh. in the show today. But we're going to give you uh, our opinions, and we'll talk about what we think will be the outcome and a little bit of shit in between. Uh, not joining us today is Sean Nash. Unfortunately, his disgusting, shitty Detroit Lions beat my Chicago Bears, so he's banished from the podcast from a week. It's the only equitable thing I could do. But no, Sean does have other commitments, so he's not able to make it today. Um, but if you do want to follow on all of our activity, you can follow us at Wrestling Elitist on Twitter and then on Instagram as well. You can visit our website at WrestlingElitist.com. Alex this week just posted an article about the many faces of Chris Jericho, talking about uh, Jericho's innovation and how he's able to uh, rejuvenate his own career. And Alex's that's thing. The, that's, that's friend of the pod. Christian yeah, fr- I was just going to say, friend of the pod, we got big timer here. He's being the Soraya to my uh, Britt Baker. <laughs> His shit got viral, going all over, Chris Jericho retweeting it, going all across the globe. Well, I'll tell you one thing, mister. Uh, I did this in our analytics on the website today. <laughs> no joke. At one point, if you Googled the phrase dick riding without a license, my article was the 16th most searched. <laughs> Uh, wow yeah <laughs> i wish you would have told me that off air so that i could you know digest it without having to do it live because that's that's upsetting <laughs> you should yeah you should be amazed you know i know you and jericho are best buddies now but if you uh google even to this day if you google dick writing without a license at wrestling i'm number seven on the internet how do you like that shit huh sheesh huh? Yeah. sheesh i had no recollection of even using that i think that was from stokely's promo but I'm like, yeah, I you praised you pray. Yeah. I was looking at that and I was like, what context did I have that on the <laughs> website? What the hell is wrong with me? And I was looking for it. I think, what the fuck? Why would I put dick riding without a license? And then so I like Googled it. And then it's all pornography, of course. I'm like, what the hell is going on? The first non-porn option is us. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, that's amazing. We're, I'm, we're I'm, things are looking out for the wrestling elitist right now. Yeah. Uh, the empire's growing, man. I'll tell you by leaps and bounds. Okay. Anyway, so what we're going to do is we're going to go from the bottom of the card to the top of the card. We're going to talk about our predictions for who we think will win. Um, and just anything that comes to mind when we talk about these storylines. So, uh, the first match on the show, um, it's Darby Allen and sting going up against Jay lethal. And J E double F J A double R E double T Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. I kind of hope that this is the opener, to be honest, it's bottom of the card to me, but I think it could be, you know, anything Darby does fast paced sting always shows up for these matches. Him and Darby, a great team. My concern is with the whole idea of Darby, like telling sting to go away for a while. Is there going to be some type of a turn here where, they're finally going to do Darby versus Sting so that Sting can ride off into the sunset. Um, you know, he's got obviously a history of Jeff Jarrett. I think Jeff Jarrett mentioned even this week that they had their first match 24 years ago. So Jeez. I, I'm sure this match will be fine. Everybody in here other than Jarrett is very entertaining in the ring for me. Uh, Jarrett, 
it just always brings me back to nightmares of his reign of terror in TNA. I do love that they have that theme for him. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the heels winning this one, Lethal and uh, Jarrett. Yeah, I'll go with the heels winning too. Uh, not my favorite storyline. I brought up on the website actually, like why the hell would you have Jeff Jarrett as your partner when you have Satnam Singh? But yeah. that's just attention to detail. Um, yeah, I don't know about this match. I think it might get slotted too in the position where remember last year at Full Gear when they did like the Dan Lambert street fight with like the Prince something they have like a prince guitar or the prince album or something oh yeah 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 yep. that's maybe where it could get slotted in like a clusterfuck phase um kind of like as a cooler to the yeah, actual the main event yeah yeah so that could be slotted there as well but i mean darby's done fantastic on pay-per-view this year i mean he did he had that great match with kyle o'reilly that was criminal underrated and a four-star mm-hmm. match that just got forgotten so he does bring it and sting as you mentioned brings it too so hopefully we get a little bit of a surprise with that match, even though the storyline's not um, what we wanted to see going into it. Another match that had, I thought, a good storyline going into it is Jungle Boy Jack Perry going up against Luchasaurus inside the confines of a steel cage. Yeah, I, I, for the first time in a while, it feels like they're doing matches in the right order. A lot of times, AEW will, like they started yeah. with, an extreme match with the Blackpool Combat Club versus JAS, and then it went to a Blood and Guts match, and now they're having a fatal four-way for the ROH title. Like It doesn't really make sense yeah. from a feud perspective, but I think this one has made sense in terms of now going into a cage match. I think this is the one match where what makes sense is the opposite of what I want. I think Jack Perry beating Luchasaurus inside the seal cage, defeating the monster makes sense here. However, I'm I'm enjoying this kind of like dark Luchasaurus character kind of yeah. makes me think of Kane back when I was a kid, when I was afraid of him, not for his um, takes, but for his, uh, you know, the danger that he possessed <laughs> in the ring. And so my my guess is that Jack Perry wins, but I would actually not be upset at all to see Luchasaurus win this and just go on a little bit of a, a monster run. But I just don't see it happening based on the steel cage stipulation to me feels like a stipulation for a face to win. Yeah. I think uh, jungle boy Jack needs a big win. He's come up looking a little bit lame and gotten beat down a lot of times. And he does need a big victory uh, to cement this new persona of his. And hopefully we do get a chance to see him kind of switch or have some edge himself and be a little bit darker in his presentation. And as much as I love the, Peter Panish from Hook Outfit. Maybe you evolve a little bit, get a little yeah. bit, you know, different ring gear. But hey, you know that's another one of your fucking fanboys online, Jungle Boy. Apparently, we don't know for sure, but someone in uh, California, uh, where he lives, searched uh, one of your articles about him. I don't know; could have been him too. Uh, I know, yeah, I know. Hobbs has def. I'm almost positive Hobbs has read my articles too. I'm just, I'm, I, you know, I, there's like comedians, comedians. I'm a wrestler's writer. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> all right dave okay moving on. <laughs> all right so let's go to a controversial storyline going into this one soraya versus dr Britt baker d m d uh i believe you you covered this in the the summary of last night's dynamite and you covered it perfectly in the sense that the group chat immediately blew up with, yeah. is there going to be some sort of a double turn right here? That mm-hmm. Britt Baker promo last night was actually really good. I enjoyed it. Oh, it's great. The only, the only thing that I would have against it is that it was 
one of my favorite face promos I've heard in a long time. And she's clearly not a face up until now. And I, I do think that there could be a chance that maybe they've decided to pivot because of the reception to Soraya. Soraya, Soraya, I don't I don't even know how to say it. Um and so maybe maybe we're seeing a pivot, which one of my biggest flaws that I see in the way that Tony Khan books is he doesn't seem to pivot as much as I would like him to. And like when he has a certain thing, a certain idea. And I think that we've seen that the idea would be Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker having some sort of a feud where Jamie's the face because the fans seem to really like her. Um, so it's I'm a little confused on where they might be going with it. Yeah. Overall, I think Soraya wins. She's coming back. It's her debut match coming back. It doesn't make sense for her to lose. But I'm I'm more so interested in if they do actually commit to that that double turn. If they do it, how how do they pull that off? And what does the future look like for a face Britt Baker in the way that things are going right now for the uh, for the women's division? Maybe that's her for the TBS title next. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I think that was a great promo. She really came off like a baby face. She's the person that you want to like as a hardcore AW fan. She's your girl. And Soraya, we don't really know yet. And I'm interested just to watch the matches to see like, okay, what can she do? Because it's been so long. I don't remember what her in-ring work was like. Um, I remember, obviously it was such a long time ago, but punk matches you would watch from time to time. And you had a sense that like, okay, he's not going to lose it. Like he's going to be a little bit slower and he's going to have a little bit of ring rust, but he's going to be good when he comes back in the ring. Um, Soraya, I don't know. And I also don't know how she's going to handle what I imagine is going to be a hostile crowd um, that could hijack the match and want to support and cheer Britt Baker. So I just don't know what's going to happen with this one. This one's going to be odd. Um, Yeah, I guess you have Soraya win just because it's, on paper, the feel good story, right. Of like her coming back. But, um, I think the money is in Britt Baker turning as a, and being a baby face. Cause they need more faces that are over that have credibility and that have, uh, the fans have faith in right now because of the backstage nonsense going on. Yeah. And I think that Britt, if you think about it from a story perspective, first of all, her talking about the, you weren't at Daly's place. Like I, that oh, was, God. that was a great, that was great. But also I think and she kind of talked like she hasn't directly said it, but like Brit was rejected by the fans at the beginning. And so to see her turn into what she became a confident speaker, a great heel, a great champion, someone who held the belt for, I don't well, it wasn't a full year. I don't think but it was close to it. Like she, she deserves to, to have uh, this moment of, of being a face and being cheered. And, and I think that she's actually really hard to not cheer for because We've seen her just like Soraya overcame some of the stuff that was going on in her life. Like Brit overcame being kind of getting a little bit of that Roman Reigns treatment at first where the fans rejected her. And then somehow being able to pivot throughout that and becoming a bit of a star. And, you know, somebody who I remember when she's in Pittsburgh, when she's in Pittsburgh, it feels like, yeah, it feels like punk in Chicago. And I don't think that I'm being like, I don't think that no. I'm like saying something too crazy by saying that. It's why Punk referenced her Sorry. when he first came back. Like yeah. he made it, you don't, he wouldn't do that if you were just kind of like, oh, getting a good, you know, Connecticut response. Like, like oh, it would God. be, yeah. My, my worst nightmare is getting a Connecticut response. Yeah. Good after God. Last night. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here. You'll go. I think we're both going with Soraya though, right? Yeah. Okay. 
Well, we'll move on. Uh, we have uh, Jade Cargill defending her TBS title against Nyla Rose's TBS title. Yeah, yeah. This, I, I don't get this feud at all. Um, but I will say that I think that Jade is going to win. I like. I and let me just preface too. I like Nyla, but I I'm, just think that like. Yeah, I think that I think that the involvement just feels like another like, hey, we needed a filler feud. So let's just do it. Yeah, I agree. And um, we've we've pointed out before, like Nyla's Twitter persona is funny and just um, sarcastic and has a great sense of humor. And I wanted to see more of that on camera, but they just got fucked over for time. I think like you just couldn't give them enough time to let that subtlety come out and that sense of humor come out. And the stuff with um, her and Vicky doing the commentary over Jade's match or someone else's matches that one time. It was just like, what the, what the fuck is this? So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Jade winning here. And maybe we see Mercedes. Was it Mercedes Monet Benz or money? Or money. Mercedes Benz. Monet. Yeah, it wasn't it's not going to be Mercedes Benz. It's probably no, it's right Sasha Credit to. Union. Yeah, it's Sasha Credit Union. Um. <laughs> Yeah, it is Monet. I think that's the one she was going to go with. So if, if if she does debut, that's going to be a huge moment. That will I would I would love that. I think it would be a, a shot in the arm to the women's division. And, yeah. you know, especially with her, she's always wanted to, you know, wrestle in stardom. So I would hope that that would mean that we would get some more stardom people over into AEW to kind of the same way that we get that we see Eddie Kingston get to kind of have these dream matches with uh, Japanese superstars that he's loved since, he was, since the 90s. I would love to see Sasha kind of get a similar thing with the people that she really idolizes. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, all right, so let's move on. We have Death Triangle defending against the Elite for the Trios title. Yep. Uh, first of all, I want to pat myself on the back for just how hype I was about the trios match yesterday. And then it absolutely delivered. So good job, me. Um, Not that anybody doubted me because, but I just, I was just really happy it delivered. I, and I'm somebody who has not been very pro trios uh, tag title or anything like that, but I just thought that they put on a great show and I want to congratulate AR Fox for uh, supposedly being offered an AEW contract. Yeah, that's Uh, cool. This match I'm excited for. Um, I don't want to steal your thunder, but I felt like once again in the article that you wrote uh, for last night's Dynamite, it felt like an underwhelming way to give a response or, you know, just to announce that they're back. Um, I wish that there was a little bit something better. You know what I mean? Like they did they did the punk return so well. And then this one could have been similar, right, where you just kind of it's the worst kept secret in the world that the elite are coming back. Um, I think the elite have to get the win here. And I think that at some point the house of black show their faces, whether it's during the match or after. Yeah, I would assume the same thing. I think they're going to win the titles here, uh, just to course correct. And then maybe we see house of black come out. I thought maybe what they were going to do as Pac was doing the promo was maybe they were going to have house of black with the lights going off and they would come out too. And they would do like a three-way trios match. Um, I, yeah. I'm assuming that's still in the cards, perhaps. Wouldn't be bad. I mean, it'd be batshit crazy to try to follow all that. But um, was this the best way to, you know, debut them again? I don't know. Uh, I know there's a lot of you want to be careful on what you can say and things of that nature. And 
it's hard to do, but that's also why you don't rely on work shoot stuff because then you get put into a place where, okay, now you can't say things and the audience is expecting it and it just comes off flat. And this is what this came off like. That being said, they are going to deliver in the ring. They'd have to really, really, really fuck up to not have a four and a quarter star match at the very least. <laughs> like they'd have to have a really oh, yeah. shitty night to not do that. So I think this will be excellent every time. Uh, these six guys wrestle. It's always exquisite. So I'm sure it's going to be high, high quality. Absolutely. I wonder how many, I wonder how many, if any, just kind of allusions to punk we'll see from them, whether it's some sort of like a GTS or an Anaconda vice or something like just a, some type of a shot at him or, you know, an acknowledgement of him. But also I was just going to say, I'm, I'm bummed. I don't know if you saw, but they dropped their claim on the trademark for the wayward sons. So I'm assuming that they're not going to be going with that. Okay. I was fucking hoping I would, I would love for them to come out to carry on my wayward son. That would just be that I would, I would buy tickets to a show in a state nearby just so I could be there for that. I, I absolutely like the same way orange Cassidy's theme. I just fucking love hearing it. It's it weirdly is a perfect wrestling theme. I think that that would actually play really well. It is, but I sung that at karaoke one time and it's amazing how much guitar solo there is like at the first start of it. And you're like, okay, like when's the fucking song going to start? Remember just standing there like, Rhapsody. like, okay, <laughs> when am I going to humiliate myself singing? Um, yeah, uh, this will be a good match. So I'm excited to see what they do. I would not be surprised if Pac bites Kenny Omega. Another inside baseball reference, too. Yeah, kind of makes sense. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's go to the fatal four way for the Ring of Honor world title, the greatest uh, succinct storyline in the history of wrestling. Chris Jericho defending against Sammy Claudio and Brian Danielson, four way for the title. Uh, yeah, I don't get this story at all. Um, my I'm going to give you who I think is going to win and who I think will take the pin. I think that I think Jericho's winning. I think we're going to see him carry the title through to the next uh, ROH pay-per-view most likely. And I'm, I'm actually going to go with him pinning Sammy. I think that we're going to finally see these two break off from each other and it'll like, this will start some dissension. That's going to be where I, where I think they go with this Uh, mostly because I don't want to see Claudio or Danielson take the pin. Yeah, I thought maybe it was going to be Claudio taking the pin just as a payback from last night. Maybe Danielson does just to cement a better buy rate, perhaps for Ring of Honor. Um, You know, I don't know. But I'm assuming Jericho wins, too. The only other thing I thought was maybe Sammy. Sammy's about to pin Claudio or something hits his 450, you know, and Jericho throws him out of the ring and then takes the pin. I, I just feel like the the only reason to shoehorn Sammy into this feud or into this title match is to have something with Jericho and Sammy moving forward. So that's kind of why I'm okay. thinking something's going on there. Yeah. And I wish Garcia was in this match. He just got cooled off. I don't know if he's injured. I don't know if there's something going on behind the scenes, but um, that would have been more satisfying, I think from a artistic and aesthetical standpoint, but um this will be great inside the ring though, too. Like I, they'd have to really, again, fuck up to not have a very, very good bell to bell match. Absolutely. Yeah. It'll be a above average match. It's just a little bit disappointing of a build. And honestly, like 
I, I just I wish it was a like this is a match where I wish it was a one on one in yeah. some form rather than a form. Mm-hmm. But but it gets these guys on the card. So. All right. So speaking of getting guys on the card, we got Wardlow, Samoa Joe and Powerhouse Hobbs for the TNT title. Not uh, unifying the TV title, though, just for the TNT title. Yeah, I think it'll be. This is I'm I'm excited for this match. It's one of those ones that I have to be a little bit cautiously optimistic, just because I don't know. It, I was really excited for Hobbs versus Starks, and I feel like we never got the match that I really wanted out of those two. And I don't think that that's Hobbs's fault or Starks. I just think that Tony didn't book that right for All Out or anything like that. Um, Wardlow's tope that he hit last night was Good incredible. God. Uh, I think Joe as kind of the ring general for those two, you know, uh, the two younger guys is going to be, it's probably smart. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think Wardlow wins just cause he really hasn't had like a signature win since the MJF match. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with a Wardlow win here, but I would not really be upset to see any of these three win. I love all three of them. Uh, but I would love to. See, I would love to see Hobbs with with some gold wrapped around his waist. Yeah, I'd love to see Hobbs win too. It's just that Wardlow hasn't had a satisfying run with the title. Um, but maybe there's a reason for that, and I'll explain that later on in my predictions here. But I would like oh. to see Hobbs win in an ideal world. But I think realistically, Wardlow is going to win. But I'll give you a little bit of information on that uh, at the end of the show. Why I think this. We love a uh, teaser. Yeah, what a tease. And, and and brilliantly done with the marble mouth ability of John Moxley last night <laughs> <laughs> doing the same thing. <laughs> Poor bastard. Uh, uh, you know, when you when you're 99 out of 100, you do hit a one, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. OK, uh, let's go to the uh, world tag team title, the acclaimed defending against Swerve and our glory. Oh, there is going to be an aggressive amount of scissoring going on in Plymouth, Michigan this Saturday night. Fuck and, yeah. you know, we're going to be we're going to be out and about potentially going to the bars afterwards. Just. Just making fools of ourselves and uh, it's going to be celebrating the acclaimed beating yeah. Swerve in our glory and continuing their reign as the greatest AEW world tag team title holders uh, so far. You hear that, Sarah? We're going to make him make, make you proud. He's going to be scissoring everyone. <laughs> no, yeah, I uh, think this is going to be uh, the acclaimed winning this match. And uh, I love how they set up Bowens having a little bit of an arm injury already. Bowens does a great job yep. of um, playing Ricky Morton, so to speak. Um, and he can sell and sell and sell. And that was kind of the key to the first match. I thought, well, actually, no, it was Bo- it was um, Caster who was injured with a knee kind of in that match. Right. Wasn't it? The yeah. first one. Okay, so now they can flip it because um, I think Caster maybe is the bigger star, if you will. Uh, so it's a good way to kind of switch the roles up. And then who knows what happens with Swerve and, que- and uh, Keith Lee. Uh, I think this will be an underrated classic, too. These guys have great chemistry with each other. This could be they do. A, sto- uh, a show stealer if they have enough time. So I'm going to go with the acclaim, though. But I think it's going to be a great match. I think, it, I think it will. Um, what were your thoughts on the the disc track that they released on Swerve in Our Glory last night? Um, The start of the video, that was just, good God, that was weird. But, I don't, um, Tony Khan has been desperate to get Captain Insano involved in AEW since Big Show showed up. Yeah. 
I mean, if that's where he, it begins and ends, fine. It's not. We know that. That's the sad yeah. thing. But just like it was like, who is this for? Like that was kind of it was like a it was very like trying to make Vince laugh kind of a thing of like. Yeah, uh, yeah. Playing to an audience of one. Yeah. And just it was a it was so bad slapstick and like a shitty mad TV in the latter years kind of style of zany comedy to start it off. And then like Waterboy reference. Like, who the fuck cares about that movie? I mean, God yeah, damn, I, if you want I to also, reference a good Adam Sandler movie, reference Greg Gulia from Wedding Singer. Come on. Or, I also Glenn, thought it was Glenn a little. Gullia, sorry, not Greg. <laughs> Glenn Gulia. I also thought it was a little bit weird that they played it before the match. I get why they did it because uh, Bowen's lost, especially. But it's just odd from the point of Swerve has interrupted him, has interrupted casters like freestyles, and he'll he'll interrupt the, the middle of their promos. But then when they release a diss track about him and his tag team partner, he's like, I got to have the respect to let this play out. Yeah, that they've heavily promoted. We're releasing a diss yeah, track like, on you. They put a lot of thought into this. I don't yeah. want to ruin it. <laughs> let them have their moment. I love too how a they true shot tweener. it. Yeah. I love how they shot it in uh, Atlantic City. And then like, just, it's always like the week before, like where they shoot their shit. Like <laughs> yeah. Stokely was clearly in Baltimore's Harbor That one, for that one promo. <laughs> just funny. I don't know. Maybe I'm just looking yeah. before into shit, but I do love that. Okay, uh, moving on. Let's go into the interim women's world title. We have Tony Storm defending against Jamie Hader. This one, I think, is one of the ones that I have a harder time with because they, with with Jamie at least, they've been they've been so afraid to pull the trigger with yeah. her. But also, like, I could just, I feel like the fans want it. And if it's an interim title, like, why not at that point? It's if New Japan's willing to give Evil the title during COVID, why not give Jamie Hayter a title when it's an interim title, anyways? And so there's a part of me that thinks that I'm going with Tony Storm here. I think she's been great with AEW. I think, if anything, the problem with Tony Storm right now is that majority of the women she's in the ring with aren't as talented as her. Yeah. And, you know, like as great as she is, I don't think she's like that person that can make somebody else look amazing, but I think that they all look fine. It's just, I like, it comes back to why I want Sasha in AEW because I'd love to see Sasha and Tony. I I'm even excited to see, um, you know, if Soraya ends up, you know, still having it, I think that she could also have a good match with her, but ultimately I, I don't know. I'm going to have to go with Tony storm here, but I, it's like 51% her 49% Jamie right now. Yeah. I'm going to go with Tony storm, even though my heart wants Jamie hater or my notes, Jamie Hayer. <laughs> yeah. Typo there. Yeah. Whatever. Um, oh, go on. Finish your thought. I was just going to say, yeah. And I think, I think part of the reason to it that I ha- find it hard to believe that they're going to flip the title is it feels like AEW telegraphs, all of their title, cha- like, especially when it's somebody getting their rise and they haven't really given Jamie that feeling of her being on the rise. And I think that's where I struggle to truly pull the trigger on it. Yeah. Cause I, they do have a tendency of when it's someone who's going to win, it seems like whoever is the champion is just going to lose it. Like right now with Mox, um, when hangman was going against punk, it just was like, Oh, it's inevitable. You're going to get the title. Um, and with Jamie, you, you got a little bit of that, but then, uh, it kind of went away. 
So mm-hmm. and the audience was really behind her too. And I don't know if it's just been tepid crowds that aren't responding or they're just kind of bored by the show or whatever, but she just hasn't gotten the, I don't know, huge, huge responses that she's had a couple of times before. I think she'd do an incredible job. Um, if Thunder Rosa isn't coming back, then this would be an opportune moment to just make her the full-time women's champion and just get rid of the interim nonsense. Uh, so I hope Jimmy Hitter wins, but I do have a feeling that it is going to be Tony Storm. Uh, and maybe they're waiting to put it on Sasha slash Mercedes. Yeah, I did see the um, that Tony said during the full gear press conference thing today uh, that he has been giving it some thought to making Tony Storm a linear champion instead of interim. So he might retcon that. Um, okay. Which yeah, especially if you don't know how long she's going to be out for. It's like, it's at, like at what point is it going to be not interim anymore? And I think that's something that they do have to figure out in their, the I think, fabe logic of how long can a champion be on ice before you strip the interim titles? Yeah, I think, I think they really, it was a timing thing where he was afraid of looking inconsistent because he was going to do it for punk or yeah. he, you know, he did it for punk and then, and then it, as soon as he returned, it immediately happened with Thunder Rosa. I, something tells me he didn't really necessarily want to do that, but yeah. he just wanted to be um, he wanted he wanted to be consistent there, which I get. But also, we haven't heard anything about her coming back. We kind of always no. knew Punk was coming. We always knew Punk was coming back for All Out, or at least yeah. expected it. Right. Okay. So let's go to the main event. So this is the match that. Um, as a tremendous build and just intrigue of what's going to happen. Uh, yeah. John Moxley defends against MJF. You know, one thing that's interesting to me is if you look at a lot of past cards, Meltzer talks about it all the time where he'll say, Oh, hangman had the top five highest strong pay-per-views of AEW. But if I look back at those cards, there was other matches that really sold me on why I wanted to buy the pay-per-view. I mean, I think because we have a podcast, we're going to buy this one regardless. But if I look at this card without Moxley versus MJF, I'm not, unless there's some equal version that they could do, I'm not that interested in this pay-per-view. This match, every buy to me is because of this match. MJF has been on a fucking tear this entire year, but especially these last, this last month, last few weeks, every single promo he does kills. He knows what day the pay-per-view is and he's going to be there and deliver. <laughs> Can't say the same thing about Mox, but I'm, I'm really pumped for this. I'm once again, I just feel like I'm stealing from your article that you wrote, but like there's 15 different ways that this title match can go. And I'm intrigued by nearly every single one of them. Uh, minus any interference really from the firm. I don't necessarily want that. But overall, I think that this is going to be, this is going to deliver. I think it's two guys that don't, that don't have bad matches, especially in, in this moment. Uh, excited to see it. It has to be a crowning moment for MJF. And I think it needs to kick off a two-year reign where he takes it to, you know, his, uh, well, I guess it'd be a year and a couple of months, right? Um Rain, where he takes it all the way to his, you know, January 2024 contract end, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and, you know, that gets his moment there. But I, I'm, I'm really excited for this match. MJF has to win. 
if he doesn't, if he doesn't, uh, I will. Uh, I'll be almost as upset as Sean and I were that time where we didn't talk the entire drive home from your apartment when Roman won at the Rumble in Philly. <laughs> that was awesome. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, there are so many outcomes. Like you said, I think they they've they've laid enough tracks for MJF to be a pure babyface and just went on his own and turned down interference or have an opportunity to use the dynamite ring or the brass knocks and turn it away. There's obviously the opportunity for him to be the devil and to uh, use brass knocks and regal has been looming so largely in this angle and just kind of creeping and lingering on in the last couple of weeks. Uh, the last shot of the show the other night was him just leering in there. Um, he could use the brass knocks and turn on, Moxley, but it is kind of a, it ruins a Blackpool combat club, which you don't need to do. Um, and it's why the hell would they call themselves that if Regal's gone? Uh, and Regal doesn't need, like MJF doesn't need a mouthpiece. It's a yeah, good way I, to perhaps end a storyline, but he doesn't need Regal. There's no like, okay, but then what do they do? It feels a little like a swerve for the sake of a swerve. If that is yeah. the case. Unless it's literally just Regal's like, you earned my respect, but we're going our separate ways or something, you know, like something weird like that. Or I don't know exactly how they do it, but I think if the Blackpool Combat Club is going to is going to break up, it being because Regal turns is probably the weakest way to do it. There's a lot of in the ring. Yeah. And there was a lot of weird Easter eggs in this one, too. Like um, Moxley calling Wheeler his young boy was also kind of weird. I was like, huh, that's an odd thing to call Wheeler Yuta when he's in this crisis of faith. And he's obviously like fucking nowhere in this storyline in the company right now. He's got kind of brushed aside. And so maybe he interferes and does something and costs the match. I don't know. Um, there's, uh, again, the whole uh, Regal joining, but and it's not the craziest thing, but like there, there were, there were many little nuggets of like maybe Punk's coming back or like at least MJF is like planting that seed. Like he referenced the, you know, John, I hope you're sitting there as uncomfortably as possible. For yep. my bomb. Like he did that. And then the whole devil line, that was CM Punk's thing. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I sincerely doubt that would be what they do with this, but that could be an outcome too. The one that I thought of though, for months ago, as pinnacle reforms. Yep. I was. Yeah. And that would be, it'd, it'd be weird, but it'd be weird if they pull it off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like you could pull it off. It's just how it's executed. And what's great is these two guys are masters at storytelling. So it's going to be a hard task. It's going to be hard to satisfy the what ifs because everyone has this, what they want the finish to be. And so there's, it's ripe for disappointment. And AEW really needs something to get it out of its slump and to recover from the negative press of, oh, the company doesn't know what they're doing. And there's all this back, backstage bullshit. And MJF has been leaning into that with his promos, even uh, the off-air promo he did the other night. So they do need something creative and big to make this, um, to give them a big win that they haven't had in a long time. So I, I hope they pull it off. I think they can. MJF has made a big point about how he can go in the ring. And I think they'll have a really good match. I, I, like you said, they're more than capable of 
stealing the show and putting on good shit when they get the opportunity in time. So I have no idea what's going to happen. And I think that's the greatest thing about being a wrestling fan when there is a match that you legitimately don't know what's going to happen. It makes for an entertaining watch. And hopefully there's enough moments where we can um, not have our snarky smart fan obsessed with wrestling shit go off in our brain and just enjoy it. Yeah, I think I think the most fun is when you don't even if you kind of you know how it ends, most likely you don't know how you get there. It's that's what's fun yeah. about wrestling is is it's the middle part more than the ending usually. And how you get to a specific end is always what intrigues me. So I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah. Rising action. Always the most important part of any story. OK, so we got a couple of bonus things we wanted to touch on real quick. So we have Full Gear Friday. Um, what we understand is going to be on that show. I think as of right now, still, it's going to be Hook defending against Lee Moriarty. I think we both got Hook going over there, correct? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Starks versus Lance Archer. I'm assuming Ricky wins this one. Absolutely. Nice. There you go. Eddie Kingston and Ortiz versus Takeshita and June Akamaya. Akiyama. Akiyama, damn it. Uh, I never saw him wrestle in his day. So I'm ignorant. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Kingston and Ortiz here, but uh, I'm actually I'm excited for that. And I love that. love that Eddie and Mox. It feels like it feels like Tony Khan sometimes is like, hey, give me a list of guys that you yeah. love from, <laughs> from, from watching wrestling and I'll make sure you get to face them. Yeah. What's going to make you happy? I'm surprised <laughs> they didn't have Shibata on the show, though. And him versus Eddie Kingston or something. Yeah. I'm surprised that didn't happen or the Danielson match either. I would have been totally cool with that, but it is what it is. All right. And then we have Athena uh, who's leaning into her heel persona and showing a little bit more edge, which I love versus everyone's favorite wrestler, Madison Rain. Yeah. Athena. Um, <laughs> can I just say too, I, I can't remember what I, watched Madison Rain's most recent match and it's troubling that she is the women's coach. wrestling coach. Yeah. It'd be yeah. like me teaching like a varsity swim team. Like, it's just nobody's getting better because of me. Yeah. I mean, and God, I don't want to sound like an arrested development and be like, Oh, maybe she's funny or something. <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe there's something backstage that like we just don't see. Cause I don't see it in the ring and I hate being that asshole podcasting wrestling fan that says that, but Jesus Christ, I just don't get it. Like I, yeah, I don't see it. but like, but like the thing is, is I, you know, if you think about, so Tony Khan said uh, on his call again, also this, this week that he would love for AR Fox to be a coach in AEW or Dean Malenko is a coach or slash producer. And it's, those are the guys that are like, wow, they're always so good in the ring. They're so good at the product, but they just, it just never connected in other areas. Right. Yeah. In terms of like Malenko, just character, like, yeah, you should have character guys coaching on that and in-ring people coaching and producing that style. And that's where I think it feels like it falls short with Madison rain is I watch her in the ring and I'm like, what does she have that is going to bring these, bring these women to being like to the next level yeah, because I don't even enjoy her matches like Dean Malenko. I think that even the people who, you know, maybe were never fans because they are more into the sports entertainment aspect, they can recognize that he is a great technical wrestler and understands how to put together a wrestling match. 
Yeah, it's a good analogy. She doesn't know how to, but no, no, no. But no, but it's a perfect analogy because like he always you always heard rumors of him being like one of the funniest guys ever in the business and like hilarious as fuck and just like a hilarious cut up. And you're like, well, I don't see that at all on TV. Like that was never his presentation. And even when he had like a James Bondian sports entertainment character for a moment there in 2000, he still didn't show his sense of humor. So I don't know. It's one of those weird things that you always hear of like, wait, I didn't know that guy was like that funny or that person was that good at this or that. So, um, yeah, we don't see it with Madison Rain, but hopefully we can be wrong. I don't like having a, a negative opinion on someone's in-ring work. So hopefully we see something on yeah. Friday night that um, changes things. And hopefully Athena leans into this heel persona because I think she could be a great, great heel. Um, Absolutely. Love to see what she could do there. OK, so zero hour. Um, I'm assuming it's. Brian Cage still against Ricky Starks, who goes on, and then they do the final. I think Tony said they're doing the final on the twenty third, so maybe they do the semi here. Um, we still need matches for Orange Cassidy and the All Atlantic title. Miro's not on the show. FTR isn't on the show. I'm mean, assuming FTR and Gun Club could wrestle, um, but there's a lot of guys that could still do stuff here. So, um, yeah, I hope they announce more matches for Zero Hour. Definitely. And uh, not an original thought whatsoever, but somebody brought up if MJF is going to bring this devil character, you know, the devil after he wins the title still, we need to see him versus Miro, you know, God's God's favorite or God's favorite champion versus the devil. We need that. I mean, I just need Miro on television. I don't really even care at this point. Give him back his gamer gimmick for all I care. Like, I just want to see Miro wrestle more. God, yeah, that would be a bad idea. But I do like the idea, like the devil. Let's go after God. Us atheists can stay together. Atheists and Jews on the right side of history. Let's win this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, uh. it's going to be a good pay-per-view. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I, I Like you mentioned, the storyline. Well, besides a lot of massive amount of scissoring, that will happen for yeah. sure. Uh, <laughs> that's a That's a goddamn guarantee. But the in-ring stuff is going to be really great. And I think at the end of the day, it's going to be a good pay-per-view. And I hope uh, like MJF actually referenced, there's no overshadowing of anything. There isn't silly stuff. There isn't a surprise that's negative. There isn't um, a bad story. Renee hopefully controls the me- the media scrum afterwards. Um, people don't try to make a moment and go into business for themselves. I just hope shit feels contained. Yeah, that would be so nice. Like, there's been no drama leading up, which is nice because we had that leading up to Double or Nothing. So that's already good. It's just we got to keep things in check for the uh, the second half or the, the end of the show. Uh, I don't think we we talked about this, um, you know, up till now. What do you actually have as your what do you what are you predicting will be match of the night? Oh, um, I mean, it's. Death Triangle and the Elite, I guess. I mean, that would seem to be the easiest option, I know, but I would say that or MJF and Mox. Uh, yeah, I, I'm actually going either Death Triangle versus Elite or Acclaimed versus Swerve in Our Glory. I just think they have such great chemistry. So just for the sake of being a little bit different, I'll go with Acclaimed versus Swerve in Our Glory 3. All right, well, we'll see how... Correct, we are. Who knows? Maybe fucking Vince shows up at the end of the pay per view, and that's the devil. It's Vince. <laughs> it was shit me just all gets, along. Shit just gets weird. <laughs> it was me, Austin, all along. 
Um, no, but we hope it's a great pay-per-view and uh, we'll be posting our thoughts on the uh, show itself on Sunday or Monday uh, following the pay-per-view. So if you want to catch up with all of our content that we're putting out, follow us at Wrestling Elitist on Twitter and then Wrestling Elitist Podcast on Instagram. Visit our website at WrestlingElitist.com. Bookmark us, save us to your uh, browsing history so you can check out all of our uh, commentary on matches and uh, the intergoings of AEW. And then read Alex's great article about Chris Jericho. Again, it came out just on Monday and it's uh, doing very well on the website. One of our biggest hits of the year. So check that out. Chris Jericho approved, by the way. Uh, and we've had a great uh, great couple of weeks there. And this is going to be kind of my last little bit of run before I go off and be the Ayatollah of Areolas. <laughs> <laughs> Inside joke. For those uh, yeah. that don't know, I was doing a uh, uh, breast uh, feeding class the other night. So that's why I'm making that reference. If you're struggling to find any of our articles, just feel free to go to Chris Jericho's Twitter. I'm sure he's going to be retweeting more of our stuff. So, <laughs> All righty. Well, thank you very much, Rick Rude. Take us away. Hit the music.